let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game, we'll give you some general information about it, then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're going to play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. In today's episode... We take turns bidding and see whose hero will have the opportunity to traverse, slay, and hopefully conquer a dungeon in today's game. Welcome to the dungeon. On the box, this game takes 30 minutes to play. And can be played with two to four players. Board Game Geek says best with three. And this game can be classified as a bluffing, push-your-luck card game. Now, where is the rule book? Like always, let's open up that box of that game. First thing you're going to see is our rule book, of course. Then you're going to find 13 monster cards. You're going to find the adventurers and their item tile cards. They're all color-coded which, which, which adventurer gets which items. You're going to find the four player aids and then the successful dungeon cards. And once everything's out of the box, let's actually set up our game area. You're going to choose or randomly draw an adventurer. All players will share this adventurer. And you place it in the center of the table. And for your first game, we're going to start with the warrior. You're going to line up the six equipment tiles that correspond to that adventure beneath them. They're all color-coordinated, but for the warrior, you're going to have the plate armor, knight shield, vorpal sword, dragon spear, holy grail, and torch. Finally, you're going to shuffle all the monster cards and place them in a face-down deck. And then we're going to give each player one of those player aid cards. They're going to put them in front of themselves with the white side up. We're gonna establish a place for the dungeon pile. This is where you're gonna place the monster cards that you are putting into the dungeon for each round. And then we're gonna grab those successful cards and just put them nearby. You're gonna need them as you go through the dungeons. And then you're gonna determine the starting player randomly. And once the game is set up, let's talk about what you do in a turn. The game plays out over several rounds, during which the players bid to determine who gets to take the adventure into the dungeon. That one player will take the adventure into the dungeon, drawing ever near to victory or defeat, depending on his success. Each round has two phases, a bidding phase and a dungeon phase. So let's talk about the bidding phase first. During this phase, the play goes clockwise. On your turn, you must choose one of the following. Either draw a card from the monster deck or pass your turn. And once you pass, you are no longer allowed to participate in this round. If you choose a draw a card, you're going to take the top card of the monster deck, look at it, and without letting anyone else see it, you can choose to do one of the following. You can add the monster to the dungeon, which in this case is you place the monster card face down on the dungeon pile. This pile contains all the monsters you must confront if you enter the dungeon. And you can always count the number of monster cards in the dungeon. You just can't look at the cards. Or you can place the monster in front of you face down. And in this case, you must sacrifice one of the adventurer's items by placing an equipment tile of your choice from beneath the adventurer onto that monster. The monster and the piece of equipment are discarded and they're not used the rest of this round. And once you've made your choice, your turn is done and the next player clockwise goes. Once all players but one have passed, this phase ends and we go into the dungeon phase. The remaining player must take the adventurer 
into the dungeon by himself with whatever equipment the adventurer might have left with him, and he presses onwards into the dungeon. So now we're into the dungeon phase. Only the player who did not pass will participate in this phase. You start by calculating your total health points. Add up the health points on your adventurer and all the equipment that are left. Next, one by one, reveal the cards from the dungeon pile. If you still have equipment that can eliminate monsters, discard the monster without losing any health points. Otherwise, you lose health points equal to the monster's strength. Then discard the monster. You'll continue like this until there are no more monsters in the pile. So while you're in the dungeon, if you have completed all of the monster cards in there and you still have health points left on your adventurer, you succeed and you grab one of the succession cards. However, if you cannot make it through all the dungeon and your health points are used before the final monster is defeated, you lose that dungeon. And what you have to do then is you flip that player aid card over to the red side, but you do get another shot into a dungeon potentially later. And after that, the round is over. And if nobody has won the game, we're going to start a new round. You'll shuffle the monster cards and place them face down on the table once again. And the player who just went into the dungeon will choose the next adventurer for the players to use. You'll place the adventurer and his corresponding equipment in the center of the table, and you are ready for a new round. The start player is the one who just went into the dungeon, and if this player is, has been eliminated, the start player will be the one to the left. And the game ends when one player has successfully completed the dungeon twice. And if you are the last player standing, if everyone has been eliminated, you also win, even if you don't have two successful tokens. And Joe, before we jump into this too much more, I had... It's been a little while since I've played this game. And so as we were reading through it, I just have another question. I hope you have the answer to it. When we've entered the dungeon, do we grab... I know we flip the monsters one at a time. Do we grab the monster that was first put into the dungeon or last put into the dungeon as you enter? So you, you play top down. So okay. you, once you build that pile, that's the dungeon path. So you play the newest one. You just play Okay. So it's not... You don't shuffle them or anything no. up and it's just... It's played the last monster in is the first monster you fight. Okay, that makes sense. I just couldn't remember which way you did it. We also, again, for this game, there isn't very many things that might come up in a turn that we didn't really talk about. So we we're going to skip over that, you know, play a few rounds phase because I think we just pretty much covered what you're going to do. You're going to flip a card up. You're going to look at it. You're going to decide. It's a, like we said, it's a pushy luck game. You decide if you think if you had a chance to go through that dungeon, are you going to win? against this monster or are you going to sacrifice one of your items and then just uh see who gets to go in but there's definitely different styles of play i mean there's the i think i can defeat this monster so i'm putting it in or more of a i don't think my opponent can defeat this monster so i'm definitely putting it in hopefully that they go into the dungeon and you know not make it that's why it's push your luck yeah do you have a kind of a strategy or a style you prefer or just kind of this is a rare game where i don't have a strategy i usually just play to have fun i put it's most of the push your luck games i just push it yeah like uh one of the games that you bring everywhere is the uh, the pigs game oh yeah pass the pigs pass the pigs and uh i just just keep going <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like why not yeah like you have nothing to lose these are real it says 30 minutes on the box but i tell you you can probably play it in like 10 15 if you yeah i mean with probably two people for sure two maybe people. with four people would take a little longer but no i just 
build the strong and see what happens. Now, how about when you decide if you're gonna put a monster in the dungeon or sacrifice an item so you don't have to fight it? Do you play that more of an aggressive pattern? Like you're gonna always put that number nine dragon in, <laughs> or no matter what, you don't want to fight the number nine dragon, so you're always gonna pull it out. So it depends, like, um, how late in the dungeon how, yeah, it is. So That's fair. It's like if there's if it's the first, if it's the first monster, and I have a spear, and the spear can instant kill the dragon. It's like, well, I'm just gonna put it in there. That was my other question. I was gonna ask, do you have to? do the item for the first one you find or can you hold it and take the damage first so the item automatically is just in effect so like the ones so let me look up one real quick the warrior yeah that we're talking about i mean obviously there's the defeat the dragon item that can only work for the dragon yep but then the other ones like defeat a monster with an even strength number yep that's a one-time defeat yep so like even strength two four i know i put a six in there but you played a four or two after me. Can I choose not to use my Holy Grail on that two? Yeah, it's a one time. On so it's one. not a guarantee. You don't have to use it when it pops up. It just, you yeah. only can use it one time. Okay. But that's, I think there's some like the torch where the torch says, I think eliminate all. Yeah, defeat monsters with strength three or less. Yeah, so like that would be in effect always. So I wonder if the Holy Grail is also, because I think that the defeat, the always ones are the ones with the symbols that can defeat the monsters. Yeah. Because like the dragon well, sword. What the player aid has too. Oh, sorry, the dragon spear has. Yeah, it has the little icons on it. Yeah. But so I don't, so if I know that there's two little weird goblin things, I don't discard my torch in between. Like I don't. The torch kills both of those if they both happen to be in the game. Yeah, that's not a one time. Okay. So that's when, like, if you had, like, a goblin. I think I played this wrong when I played it. I think I discarded those every time. I, I think I did them always as a one shot kind of weapon. It's possible. Um, the game is not easy. Generally, the person who goes in, they have to be pretty lucky to win. Uh, this is a. I think it depends on who you're playing with. That's true. Because. If you like for you always just pushing your luck going in as long as possible compared to someone I mean even probably myself being that I try to I make sure the dungeon is beatable for me so my goal is to get into the dungeon and defeat it compared to yours is kind of outlasting the <laughs> opponent and making him die in the dungeon so I do things like I'll discard that I'll put the dragon in there knowing that I have enough health to do it and then the next turn discard that instant kill dragon so you think the dragon's not in there and then it kind of like gives me that chance to go and then i go okay pass <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like yes i have enough health to take the dragon out i don't need that weapon i, I mean the warrior starts with you know quite a bit of health if he if he, armor. if he keeps you know his two armor pieces so you can withstand a few of those blows but so I think it depends. If you play with everyone who's just pushing as long as possible, yeah, I think the game is going to end with everyone else dying twice and the last man standing. But if you play it more of a, I want to win the dungeon, I think that you do get to complete the dungeons twice quicker. Um, I agree. But this is one of those games where, because there's, there's games we play where it has a purpose, right? Like, uh, I mean, they're all games, but they all have purposes and they all have objectives. But uh, let's take um, Disney's Villainous, right? We just did Disney's Villainous. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't, go back and listen to it again. So Disney Villainous, right? 
every villain has a story every story has a purpose and every like there's an objective for every player and it plays out over the game this is just a fun game right it's a very quick game yeah oh it's very quick and it's a, one of the few games where I think that if you have two people, it actually breaks the game. I don't like playing this with two at all. Yeah. I think the, the change from playing with two to playing with three or four is astronomical. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would totally agree with the board game geek on this one and saying three is the best because I get pretty... Because it's so quick, it also makes if you play four play, four players it feels like i'm not doing anything yeah for a long period of time and actually so i just recently played villainess again with another group of people how many people do you usually play that game with six wow yeah i played with four and i was so bored really just so much it wasn't like i I guess you have to know what you're doing because, like, if you usually you can go pretty quick. Yeah, I guess maybe that like no one was going quickly on their turns, but like when it wasn't my turn, you just sit there and wait because like you can't do anything and just you just kind of stood there. Same with this game, but these these turns are like very quick Seconds. compared to, <laughs> to that. But that's what I was I meant to ask you that because I was like I know you play with all your friends, but when I was playing with my with three other people, I was like like dozing off in between turns well i mean that's it's a it's a game like we were talking about where because it has such a long story to tell every card is different right everyone's playing is different so you have to watch what they're doing but at the same time you're like what am i doing yeah but uh if you played villainous a couple times right like i don't need to play hades to know how hades works that's true. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's probably. So if I ever play Hades, I'm like, okay, I know what his objective is. I know what I'm doing. I just want to play. But this game is different because the heroes, the monsters, it's just all... They're all the same. It's luck. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what most pushy luck games are based out of. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but that the ability to pass what breaks this game. Because if you're playing with two people, at any time, you can never make a strategy like you said with the whole dragon the spear because as soon as i see something that doesn't add up i'll be like i'm passing <laughs> well i mean yeah that's why i would always play the dragon first yeah and then the next turn if you because you don't know i played the dragon face down in the dungeon true the da the dragon spear is still in the game then the next round is when i take the dragon spear out and then that's when you're like uh something's weird i'm passing is what, I mean, I think, but I, I guess that is the, uh, it's still push your luck, but I think it just takes it to a new level. I don't like that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a threshold of luck that I push. Yeah. When you play with three, and we played with three and four camping, and this game is great because it doesn't take a lot of space. No, super small. I mean, the box is, itself is small, but like you can even take the stuff out of the box and make it even a little tiny game to hold around. But when you play with like three or four people, I think it makes it real fun. Yeah, it's a really fun game. I, I like because the pushy luck games can get that kind of repetitive, a little bit slow. And like this one doesn't ever feel that because it's so quick. And like I was just kind of thinking as you were talking, like what could they do to like make this game a little different? Like could everyone have their own adventurer? But then you're gonna you're gonna start pushing a 45 minute game, and yeah. I don't think this game can withhold that kind of timeline i think it's gonna struggle when you start playing it for this game is not a game you're gonna play for an hour and a half 
No, ever. <laughs> this is usually a one or two two off game. Yeah, you play it in between games. You play it before everyone gets there or something. Yeah, someone's setting up a bigger board game. You just play this for a minute. I, I mean, or on travel. this. Yeah, or traveling. I would almost say, I mean, it's so cheap. $15. I think this is the cheapest game that we're covering this season one. It's like 15 bucks. You can get it on sale for under 10 Yeah. In that that mind alone, like I would almost say it's a must-have for everyone because it's so simple but fun, different enough that like none of your other games are going to be exactly the same, and it's so easy to find a group of people that can play it. Yeah. Unlike, you know, when we were talking, when we were talking about, yeah, crap, what was that one? Oh, Seven Wonders Duels. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to plan that night out. But like, if two people show up early to the game night... You could bust this out without, doesn't matter who they are, and play it. And I think everyone would enjoy it. I mean, yeah, just for the cost alone and the size. I mean, I picked up, there's a, I thought it was an expansion. It's just the, the same game. It's called Welcome Back to the Dungeon for $5. Just on sale. Yeah. It's so cheap. If you're wondering about Welcome Back to the Dungeon, it's basically the same game with a couple new heroes, new monsters. They kind of just revamped the rules a little bit. But the game is the exact same. Do they have the same four heroes? So it's four new heroes. It's like Necromancer. Because the original game has the rogue, the mage. Barbarian and warrior. No, the um, the new one has princess, uh, bard, necromancer, and something else. So it's it's archer. Okay, so it's a standalone. But can you also just add it? Is it the same monster? Oh, you, you said you haven't touched it. You it still has it. 13 monsters. Same thir- different monsters. Oh, they are different. Um, Which means the items probably kill different things. Yeah. So the you probably can't mix them together. Monsters, uh, but I mean, it's one of those things where I don't think the expansion is worth like necessary. Like, I'm sorry, the, the another game is necessary. If you had to choose between the two, I would just go with the original. Yeah, I mean, if they're if it is basically the exact same, just changing the the monster layout, maybe it's you know. No, looking at the uh, thing real quick, there's different symbols and stuff, so you'd have to play with this pack, which I guess is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I feel like they would just be better off to just add more heroes or adventurers to it. But maybe not. I guess I don't know. Eh, they're trying something. I'm, I'm just happy they are. I bought it on the pretext that I thought it was an expansion. <laughs> I was like, oh, welcome back to the dungeon. Yeah. It's got to be an expansion. Didn't read it. Just bought it. Yep. That's five bucks. Yeah. And uh, eh. it's a good, I mean, yeah, it's a fun game either way. So even if you have, you know, the princess and the necromancer, I think you're going to enjoy it. The basic push you luck strategy is the same. And yeah, it just changes. You might not fight a dragon. Maybe you're fighting a orc or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, there's not much to say. It's a. It, it, surprisingly, it doesn't have great reviews. I I would imagine, and I don't know, but I would imagine pushy luck games in general don't have great reviews. I think you're right. And I think the fact that if you're playing, like, imagine if we wrote reviews, right? And we only ever played this with two people. I'd rate it low. Yeah. So I can I can see why it's lower, lowly rated. But I would put this in my must-haves. That's why it's in season one. Yeah, I think it is a must-have. I mean, it's so cheap. It's easy to have, which is a nice thing. Not You're not spending $60 on a new game or something. It's also and, easy to teach. Yeah, it's easy to teach. And the push-a-luck games are fun. They are. 
but I can see why, you know, reviews, because you can't, to kind of to your point from earlier, there's not much strategy That's in true. a push yeah. you luck. So if you are, you know, trying to, you know, be a competitive board game player at all times, like, you're not going to, no matter what who you are, you have the same chance of winning this game as, you know, someone who's never played it before. Yeah. It's actually even worse because if someone never played it before, they're just going to throw stuff in and they're going to throw off your rhythm. And <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like, true. Oh, I can't read you. Yeah. It's like playing blackjack next to someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Like, no, don't. <laughs> Why'd you hit? <laughs> 17. <laughs> but, and I mean, cheap game, like we said. Great company. They make so many games out there. They do make a lot of games. Which, I mean, helps them with keeping the cost down because, you know, they have the ability to, you know, mass produce. But the stuff is great. The cards are nice. The tiles are nice. The art's all different. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, for what you get, it's impressive. Like, you get, like you said, 13 monsters. But every monster art is different. There's variety. There's enough. Uh, the tiles themselves are actually very nice quality. They're not cheap. They easily could have just made them all cards, but they didn't. Yeah, I think, like, the only thing they could have done, and it's not needed, but they could have, like, thrown, like, a either a name or a monster type but a name would have been fun because then you'd be like having because there's two of some so like having them have both have unique names could have been kind of cool because then like oh like the goblin gary is in the dungeon and the goblin larry are in the dungeon or something like that oh i see what you're saying because the pictures are the same for that's that monster gotcha but like i don't know what five is supposed to even be it's just some I think everything I read online, two people just call it the hammer guy because, like, no one knows what kind of monster. Like a Frankenstein? Like, I don't know what that thing is. So, like, if they don't want to do a name, like, just throw, like, a type, like, orc, dragon. Some of them you know, like, the yeah. goblin and the dragon and stuff, but. Something else they could have done, too. Then you have to start wondering, like, the cost for the artist, the illustrations. Instead of making like one goblin or there's two goblins, what if you made two goblins different art? Yeah, that would be the cooler way to do it, probably. But yeah, that's you probably put on like a couple more bucks each one, though. Yeah, there's what there's five of them that have multiple monsters, so yeah. that now you, you're adding five more artwork. Well, you could just you know drop word art from Microsoft right across the top of it, being like <laughs> Goblin Gary, Goblin Gary. <laughs> One health. I wonder if they will ever do a bigger version of this. Because I think this is one of my kind of favorite Pushy Luck games that we've done. And so I wonder, like, if they would, you know, do a full... I, I would consider this not a full board game because, you know, it's it's such a short game. It's in the tiny box, that kind of stuff. I wonder if they ever will make a... Welcome to the dungeon. Like board game. Board. Like still push your luck. Still push you luck. I mean, you could go off of like the near and far styles for the push you luck and stuff like that. But sure. I think the theme is kind of cool. Like the you as a group, you're building the dungeon first and then you have to fight it. Like it's a cool theme. It's a cool story. But I think you could go. I don't think it need I don't want it to. So I'll make that clear first. I I don't think Welcome to the Dungeon needs to do any of this. But I think it would be cool if they made Welcome to Dungeon Town or something and it's a full 
I was trying to think of something clever quickly with Welcome the to Dungeonville, <laughs> <laughs> and have it be more of a full style board game that you might play for forty five minutes to an hour. I mean, I would say it's not outside the realm of possibility simply because of uh, Ello. Yeah, Ello. they do a lot of board games. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be cool. So it's possible, and like keeping it in the universe of welcome to the dungeon but making it make it like a legacy almost type of game make it a story mode have people have their own adventure and maybe depending on what monster you're putting in like tells you like you have to either discard an item from the warrior or from the necromancer something like that and just to make it interactive in between also lore wise i like to think of this game more of instead of we are the adventurers going in the dungeon uh similar to a game called cheaty mages <laughs> where you basically play as mages like in an arena and you kind of bet on who you think is going to win and then you cast spells to kind of manipulate the game i like to think of us as not necessarily mages but like maybe maybe we're like merchants betting on which adventurer is going to go in and win and yeah. we kind of manipulate who we sell armor and equipment to i don't know i think that'd be a fun way to do it that's true they could do it that way and then you almost get gold or victory points yeah. for defeating the person that goes into it and then you have more resources to you know make the dungeon either stronger or weaker in the next rounds that'd be kind of cool i think it'd be fun and it'd be different than just simply like the mage going into the dungeon right because like that 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 fantasy trope has been used a lot but i like when games take a twist on it yeah i think that's a good that those i would like you know five percent if they do those but i think those are great ideas i think that'd be so much fun I think that seems reasonable since we came up with the idea. Uh, copyright trademark. Yeah, this, I mean, we own the copyright of this. But it's also dated. So if it comes out, they need to prove that they did it before it listening to our podcast, which I don't believe anyone at LO listens, unfortunately. But I can probably pull reports and see if they are. Uh, if you are, we are... Uh... Picking sponsors. <laughs> Absolutely. In that case, I love this game. <laughs> and not even like joking aside, I think it's a really good game. I do too. I think it's really good. I'm just thinking it'd be fun if they did a separate game. Oh, it actually called a mini game on the side of the box. I'm looking at that now. Uh, no one reads. It's an LO mini game. Oh. So I want to do a full game. Where's their full game? <laughs> yeah. Why did they make two separate mini games? That don't go together, which yeah. is the weird part. I mean, it is like a revision. It doesn't say it, but like when you look at it, it's like, oh, now you don't calculate the health. You have a board. Yeah. Oh, now it has a fancy like tile. Oh, some of the monsters have special rules. Like they've adjusted it. Okay. So maybe the two player is actually better in that one. I bought yeah. it. I just never busted it out yet. Yeah. We haven't done the welcome back to the dungeon yet. Who knows? Maybe it's a better version. It's funny, I was watching someone recently and I was talking about how when games say they're playable from like two to six is that they're just, they're lying in so <laughs> many ways. And it's so true. Like, not many games are just as fun with the lowest player count to the highest player count. Wingspan. Wingspan is, yeah. I mean, that's just an anomaly in, in its own. <laughs> like, 
I don't know who pitched that idea, but you know they were sweating bullets going <laughs> to that meeting because they're they're going to a meeting, pra- like probably about to lose their job because they haven't done a game or something. Here's my idea. You're like, have you seen Elf? Like when yeah. they're trying to pitch the Christmas story, like those two guys. Uh, what I'm imagining for Wingspan, and there's like, we we look at birds. <laughs> And some of them might lay eggs and do stuff. Maybe. (laughs) And then like, let's do it. (laughs) And it's so good. And it's good one player and it's good five player. Yeah. And the expansions aren't needed, but just make it even better. I was thinking about getting the expansions just for more birds. Not so much the new board or the food. Yeah, I have the Oce- Ocean Oceanic? one, Oceanic, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's European great. too, right? Yeah. The European, I believe, is just more birds, and I haven't used all the birds ever, so I'm <laughs> like, oh, that seems fine. But the Ocean one also brings in end-of-game points. So, like, know how the birds have when played, yeah. when your opponent does something or when you do something. It also now has ones at end-of-game, so they have a yellow banner. Wow. At the end of the game, you can cash, you know, five hay or wheat oh, on this bird to get points. I like that. It's so cool. It just adds a little extra. Yeah. And I think I think Europe does add one more element also, but not as big as that one was. And it has the nectar and the new board, so it was yeah. like a, a given. I haven't found a need for it yet. Um, I've been playing the, the base game and loving it. Uh, and... I think you don't need you shouldn't need expansions for games. Uh, that's a that's an argument in itself. I argue that there are some that need it, and I argue that do they need it to fix it, or do they need it just to make it more playable? Like, why do they need it? That's a good one, right? Because I think there are some games. Sheriff of Nottingham needed an expansion yeah, because it was it. bad. Yes. Now it's game. not bad, so now you don't like. But then they, they 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 changed it and then just re-released the game. Yeah, with the expansion, which is great. In. That's perfect for me. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I think and I I've been recently thinking about it, like, looking at some of the expansions I have, and it's like I don't you don't need I didn't need any of those. Yeah, I had a problem with uh, Zombie Side, where I only ever play the base game, but yeah. I have five expansions that I've never opened. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, Zombie Side's probably not a good one, but, like, my dad has the big book of, nope, the big book of madness we have, the uh, <laughs> big box of Carcassonne, yeah. and it comes with, like, every expansion that's ever came out, and some of those expansions are difficult. Really? They're not easy. Carcassonne is great, yeah. but some of those expansions are really hard, so, like, if you were playing with a new person, you literally have to, like, sort through the cards, because they're all in one big box, and like take out part of the expansion because like the fifty tiles. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like some of it is like it's almost a hindrance for having those expansions, unless you like play with the exact same group every time that know everything. But I, I think that if the expansion fixes a blatant issue with the game and makes it more enjoyable, it's worth it. Yes, I, I would say Sheriff Nottingham did it the best that I have seen myself. Is that they made a game? They played. I assumed they did play testing. They printed it, and then when they went out to the masses, like, oh, there's something wrong with this. That's the problem. And then they found a way to fix it. And then going forward, instead of making a profit on 
everyone must buy the expansion to make this game enjoyable. They just did a second version of it. And that's, yeah. I think that is what a good expansion is Yeah. compared to I needed the little weird kid from zombie side that looks like a little punk kid on a skateboard or something. <laughs> and like literally has no, no relevance to the game. It just like you wanted that minifig. Well, I think that like, so villainous, right? Villainous is an interesting one. Uh, getting a little off topic, but I want to keep this going. Villainous has a base game, but every expansion adds new characters it's now do you consider that an expansion because it's yeah, the same game it is the same game technically they're standalone they are are they all standalone i think so i would think so i mean i don't my you should only be able to play the ones with 3 no well you don't get the power tokens and stuff do you you get some you get some but you don't get like the big yeah and i guess expansions that way i think might need a new term so like marvel for example DLC. Like, yeah, they're all yeah, they're all D. It's all LC. <laughs> it's all LC. <laughs> when I'm not downloading them, um, so like Marvel Champions, yeah, the new heroes. That's probably an expansion technically, but like those are needed for the game. So I don't know. I guess I did not well. I did not think through this whole expansion <laughs> comment first. That's why I said this could be its own. Oh no, discussion. But I feel like ones like that that bring in a new character for pleasure of that character and like being able to play as Thanos or being able to play as Doctor Strange and Champions, like I would those those expansions are fun and needed. But like an expansion just to add more birds to Wingspan seems like meh. But you can I could argue with that too, because uh my wife loves birds and bird watches so like yeah there's a lot of birds a lot of birds but you know it's gonna come a time when hey why don't we add another 200 <laughs> european birds or whatever there is yeah so yeah i guess it, it all depends on the all game depends on and it all depends on what this what the expansion is doing like i think we talked about a dixit like the expansion for dixit not needed no but it makes it more fun i played dixit a handful of times now that you know, we see some of the, you see the same cards every time you play Dixit. And so, and like, even if you play the new person, I think that's the key. If the expansion doesn't make it like a completely different, difficult game, then the expansion is fine. That's a good point. If the, if it's, if it, all of it's doing is adding like Content. another character yeah, or another whatever, another boss, 86 item. dream cards in Dixit. <laughs> that 86 dream cards doesn't change. Doesn't change anything other than one deck. Yeah, it's still one deck. It doesn't make it more difficult. It doesn't make it easier. It just, if you have played it a hundred times, you might not see the same 86 cards every time. <laughs> you still could, depending on your shuffling skills. I'm trying to think of a game that added an expansion that was really unnecessary. I guess Clank. I kind of regret buying Clank expansions. Yeah. I mean, what one do you... I have one of them. I have one. I have Apocalypse we have clink in, we have clink in space. Yep. I think I have the apocalypse one. I have like the separate ship one. Both of them are. They oh. just add more yeah, pieces to the board. I haven't played it with the expansion yet. Nemesis is another one I could think of that you have, right? Nemesis is Nemesis. the name. Another one I regret buying expansion for because all the expansion did was give you more aliens. But that's it. Yeah. You didn't need them. Yep. I don't know. It 
expansions are a weird thing. The problem with expansions. But if you don't, you go irrelevant eventually too. Like you feel like you need them. They market them like that. Yeah. Like oh, you have to get this expansion because you have the game. It adds the rivers to Carcassonne or something. But it's like some of it you don't. Yeah, it all depends. I think it, it just. I would say. Don't buy the expansions before you start playing the game. Yeah, maybe like the first. <laughs> and then if you want to spend money on expansions, sweet. Like, I don't, I can't think of one that makes the game worse. I just can think of ones that don't help. Yeah, they the just game. make them harder. Yeah. More complicated. And it all depends on the audience and, you know. And with all that being said, don't make an expansion for Welcome to the Dungeon. Make a whole new game. Whole I new want game. a whole. I want a full game. I want the side of the box to say full game. Take the mini off. <laughs> Big game. Big game. <laughs> mini game. Bigger game. And I would like it to be for eleven plus years for age instead of ten. To be that's that's the difference. <laughs> this is for eleven year olds, not for ten year olds. You can't anymore. play this game if you're ten. Play the mini game. You're a mini kid. <laughs> Uh, that's that's how they should always do aging and it's like how big is this kid it's a mini game <laughs> they only could be nine years old that's how legos does it <laughs> <laughs> they changed all of theirs to what just up now which is up what it just says like it, eight and up wait what instead of like it used to say eight to 99 yeah, eight to 99 and i think that actually and i don't know if this is correct but i saw a lot of posts about before betty white unfortunately passed away she wasn't going to be able to play with Legos anymore. <laughs> and so, like, there was a bunch of posts all over Reddit, all over, like, every social media about, like, Lego, what are you going to do? Like, she can't, she can't play. She's no longer able to play Lego. It's only, it's and amazing. now I actually, I recently got a few boxes of Lego and they all just say eight and up, like eight and up or six and up or huh. 12 and up. And they don't have a, a cap. You can now be as old as you want to be to play the games. That's hilarious. I have no idea if it was with Betty White. If it was, it's amazing. Better. I don't know if she even liked Lego. Doesn't matter. I hope she did. She liked everything. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I mean, obviously, we just rambled for 10 minutes about not this game. but No one's complaining. No, I don't think so. But yeah, it's a, it's a good game. Pick it up. Like we, I think we both said we think it's a must-have. It's so cheap. I think everyone in the everyone in the game group could own it, and then you don't have to carry it around in between houses. Everyone just has it. It's a a solid push you luck game. So, well, I hope you enjoyed this game walkthrough. And if you don't own it, go and buy it. If you do own it, just make sure you grab it before everyone uh, gets over to the next game night and play a round or two before everyone shows up. Next week is our final full season one episode of Captain Sonar, which might be more of a difficult game than we probably should have tackled in season one, but I love it so much I wanted to do it anyways. And then we have our full playthrough in a few weeks. Uh, you've heard Joe and I say we don't have eight friends often for games but we are going to be getting eight people together. Oh, yeah, eight people together playing a full real-time version of Captain Sonar. Everyone will be mic'd. And, but that will be a bonus episode that will come out probably a few weeks after Season 1 technically ends, and then Season 2 will be coming out later. You can find our page on Instagram at Where is the Rulebook, 
or email us at whereistherulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off the featured board game each month just by mentioning Where is the Rulebook? And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game. And if you love that song as much as we do, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.